This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Well, it is always a treat whenever I get an opportunity to spend some time in person with Jeffrey Gurian. But when I get to do it on the radio, the treat is not just mine, it's yours. Jeffrey Gurian, if you are not familiar with Jeffrey Gurian, I almost envy you because you are in store for a delightful hour of uh, happiness, of positive thinking, of humor, of great stories. If you already know who Jeffrey Gurian is, then you already know what you're in store for, but you should still keep listening anyway. Jeffrey Gurian is a comedy writer, a stand-up comic, a host, an author, a producer, a director, and, of all things, a former dentist. And he's a friend of mine. Jeffrey, it's great to see you again. Frank, it is so good to be here, really. I love the show. I love what you do. And you're, you, you put out positive energy to your audience, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, we definitely try. How's, uh, how's the summer going for you so far? <sighs> well, <laughs> I made the mistake of going to a beach party yesterday in 100-degree weather. Oh, boy. And it was out at Reese Park, and I accepted because I just – it was there were friends of mine, and I walked 20 minutes on the sand. And oh. you know how hard it is to walk on the sand in general? They had – there, for some reason, they set up a tent very far away at Fort Tilden Park, and I felt like I was going to faint. Reese Park is in Rockaway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I stayed a couple of hours. It was fun. But the walk, I should have never done that to myself. Oh. It's actually very dangerous to be out in the heat. And you can oh, see, yeah. if you look at my shoulders, that's the sunburn I got I, <laughs> on are, my shoulders. Sunblock? Did you wear sunblock? I wear sunblock. And you still got burned. I still got burned. Are you a swimmer? Degrees. Do you swim? No, no, I don't swim. Well, if I do swim, it's in a pool. I don't go in the ocean, especially with all the, with shark, the shark stories now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not looking to do any of that. You know, uh, People you, belong on the land, I think, not in the water. You, you know what, what I've been meaning to ask you, even privately, but since you're, we're here on the radio, I'll ask you uh, publicly. I don't know how you find the time to manage your schedule because uh, clearly you're doing a lot of writing, both in terms of jokes, in terms of bits, in terms of humor. Then you're, I feel like you're out there everywhere and you do such a great job marketing yourself. And then you're covering all sorts of events and doing interviews at the events. How do you balance, because I struggle with this myself, right? How do you balance finding the time to be creative and to write and finding the time to market yourself and go to all the functions that you need to be in order to be a visible presence? I, um, What's your secret? Is, I, there, is there three of you? Is there a Jeffrey Gurian double somewhere? Yes. People often say that. I'm everywhere, right? Uh, I slept many years ago. That was the story. I, I don't need a lot of sleep. I um, I prioritize. I do everything that I enjoy doing. So, for instance, this coming week on Wednesday, I'm going up to the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. Um, it's their 40th anniversary. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world, the oldest comedy festival. I've been going for at least 30 years. They think that I might be the longest attendee. I actually found my VIP pass from 1992, kidding. and it's in pristine condition. I, I, of that, I'm not surprised, either of those things, yeah. that you still have it or that it's in good condition. I want to talk to you about the Just for Last Festival yeah. in a second, but just to, uh, I'm going to try one more time on your creative process, right? Do you, uh, how disciplined are you with your writing? Do you say, yeah. all right, one hour a day, I'm going to, you know, set aside everything and do some writing on my book or on a routine? Or do you just write things down as things, as you get struck with inspiration? How does it work? It's interesting. Well, it's even interesting to me. I carry notes with me all the time. When I think of something funny, I write it down. I uh, I use my ADHD to my advantage. We're all a little bit OCD, a little bit obsessive. When I start writing, I can write for hours at a time. I don't have a schedule. I write when I need to. If I'm writing for a comedian and they need something tomorrow, I'll stay up all night if I have to and write. I have that ability. I guess it's a gift. Uh, I can write. You know, when I was writing my books, my happiness books, I just wrote nonstop every wow. day. I'm inspired. When I'm inspired to say something, I put everything else aside, and I just manage to fit it in. The most important thing that I fit in is my family. I don't neglect my family. I visit my children all the time. That, to me, is my priority. Everything else gets fit in. I don't really know how I do it. 
It's just uh, I'm an A-type personality. That's great. And I make sure I get things done. I'm very reliable. I'm always early, never late on a project. No, I, uh, I don't doubt that. I uh, was reading about you in Page Six. You're a regular in the pages of Page Six. And uh, for a second, I was surprised. And then immediately, I was not surprised to learn that you're in the midst of a collaboration with my friend, Noel Ashman. The reason I was surprised for a moment is because I've known Noel for probably about 20 years, known you for a bit, and uh, I didn't know that you guys knew one another. And then the reason my surprise was very short-lived is because both of you seem to know everybody. So it really shouldn't have surprised me that the two of you know one another. Uh, Noel Ashman is a, a, a nightclub impresario, a film producer. Tell me about the, you're, you're actually writing two films in collaboration with him. Tell yeah. me about this collaboration with Noel. <clears throat> well, first of all, you can't live in New York and not know Noel. It's true, <laughs> you know. And I mean, he's owned so many clubs and big clubs, Baruca and the yeah. Plum, and you know, just like on and on. And he's always been in that. And I was on the nightlife scene for many years. Uh, which is important in New York City. It Even may sound. You, and the interesting <clears throat> thing is, neither of you are a drinker. You, you're no. not a drinker, and neither is Noel. And Noel is not a drinker, and that's how we get things done. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> when you're a drinker, you get a lot of drinking done, that's but true. not much else. That's true. You Maybe a, that's the the uh, the secret sauce in the creative process that I'm missing. Well, people have a lot of plans when they're drinking. They it's just true. never come to fruition, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're planning a lot on the bar stool, <laughs> right. but but if you're not drinking, you're actually out doing stuff. So uh, Noel and I have been friends for a long time. And, and then, you know, he went into film production and he's done, I think, 18 or 20 films already. It was just announced that he's doing John Travolta's new film. He recently did one with Bruce Willis. So I showed him two scripts that I wrote. One is a romantic comedy, which is in the vein of the way I usually work. I, I'm, I'm known as a comedy writer. But then I wrote my first non-comedy project. And if people, by the way, if people aren't familiar with Noel's work, a lot of the films that he tends to make, they're sort of action films <clears throat> that uh, that tend to be more popular maybe overseas mm -hmm. than they are here in the United States, right? Yep. So a romantic comedy is not necessarily in his ballywick. Not usually. Not usually. But this is a fun story. It's a romantic comedy about a very unlikely couple. So if you could picture like Woody Allen and Kate Upton, maybe, <laughs> you know, you know, something like, like a... A nerdy comedian who becomes very cool during the course of the film, you know, and this beautiful girl who had been dating a Hell's Angel who for some unknown reason falls for this Woody Allen type character. And it's a very it's a very unusual story. I try and write things that have not been done before. And what's the name of it? Uh, Baby and Max. Baby and Max. Baby and Max, okay. yeah. And people like the title. It's 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 a really feel good story. Really a feel-good story about a guy who starts out as nothing and a uh, very pro-women story. And he becomes a, a huge star, and this beautiful girl was always loyal to him, but he starts treating her badly when he becomes very famous, mm. and he winds up losing everything. And I don't want to tell you the ending. No, 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 hopefully, absolutely. But, but, we'll look but forward to seeing that. What's the really timeline nice story? For, for the production of that? Well, it's in pre-production, so hopefully within a year or so, a year and a half. You know, films take time. Sure. We're in the process of casting it. The other, uh, the other project that got on page six was uh, a film called Men of Violence, and it's a gangster martial arts film. But there's a, a lot of humor in it, too. And you have to be careful when you do that kind of a film. It's like Pulp Fiction was very violent, right. but also had some funny scenes Absolutely. in it. That's what this is. Men of Violence, it's a, it's a, a very different kind of film because it's about uh, a plastic surgeon who has to go up against the mob, a plastic surgeon obsessed with violence who carries guns and studies martial arts, and through some crazy thing, he accidentally kills a mob boss's son. Wow. And the mob boss was a patient of his who told him, you have a friend for life. And then he accidentally kills this mob boss's son, and he has to become the most dangerous man on the planet in order to save himself and his family. Wow. Now, and, ba I mentioned that Baby and Max was a little bit uh, of a departure from a lot of Noel's previous work. This film, Men of Violence, that's a little bit of a departure from the kind of work that you usually do. Very uh, much so. A lot so. of the work that you do is uh, usually a lot lighter. Yeah, very much so. It, it, it was a hard thing for me to write, even. Hmm. I guess there's a part of me... That finds that interesting. I wrote it a while ago. I did early versions some years ago, 
And I don't even know that I would write it today because I much prefer to put out positive, happy stuff sure. than there's enough violence but in it, the world. But you're done now. Science I'm done. And delivered. Yeah, I'm it's done. I'm done. And he likes it and other right. people like it. The late Tony Sirico was a very good friend of mine, and he read an early version of it, and he said, if you don't put me in this, I'll break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> when Tony Sirico and makes that it. threat, he means it. Absolutely. I was nervous. All the years I knew him, I was always nervous around Tony. I mean, he was a great friend, and I put up something like, you know, um, on my Instagram, which is at Jeffrey Gurian, by the way, if, if anybody is listening. Right. Who's G-U-R-I-A-N. There's a, a little video that we did together when he's talking about comedy. It was comedy matters over here. This hmm. guy this guy over here. Comedy matters. You know? you, see, I feel like in Tony Sirico's life, there's two groups of people. There's the folks that knew him prior to The Sopranos, and there's the folks that knew him once he was on The Sopranos. Which category did you fit in? Prior. I, prior. Know, I know him from the Columbus Cafe days, oh. back in the 80s. Did you ever hear of Columbus yes, Cafe? Yes, yeah. I, I, uh, my friend Richard Bay used to go there. Exactly. I, heard a lot of I saw Richard there every Mark night. Mark Simone used to go there. We were I there. A lot of, uh, I was there every night. I had a table, and it's where I met Danny Aiello, and Stallone would come in, and Schwarzenegger. And, uh, the biggest stars in New York, Bruce Willis was there all the time. Mike Tyson, that's where I now, met him. Why was Columbus so cool? Why was it such a spot that celebrities would, would flock to and to see and be seen. Why was that? What made it so special? Paulie Herman. Paulie Herman was like the glue. You know, there were two brothers, Paulie and Charlie Herman, and they ran Columbus. It was on 69th Street and Columbus Avenue. Mm-hmm. And whatever that magic was, there was never a place like it before and never since. There's never been a celebrity what, hangout. What happened? Why Manhattan. did it close? I don't know. Paulie went out to L.A. and opened a place called Ago. And I went out there a couple of times, and I was there. You know, I went to that restaurant, and it was fantastic. I don't know why it closed eventually in New York. I think uh, things may have just changed. Mm. But I remember the first night I met Mike Tyson, he pushed me out of the way. I was talking to Robin Givens, and and I think and. He picked her up and put her over his shoulder and walked up the stairs. I was talking, and he just like nudged me out of the way. It was Were they hilarious. At the time? No, I think it was the first night that he met her. Oh, actually. that's wild. That's wild. I think, yeah, but I'll never forget that. I was talking to her downstairs. There was this downstairs area, and all of a sudden he comes in, like hits me with his shoulder, <laughs> and picks her up, throw, puts her over his shoulder, and walks up the stairs. The nice thing about, uh, in your case, if you're on the receiving end of a Mike Tyson knuckle sandwich, is you can do the cosmetic dentistry yourself. <laughs> exactly. Right? I uh, would have had to, believe me. We're talking with uh, Jeffrey Gurian. He's the host of uh, Comedy Matters TV. You can check out his website, ComedyMattersTV.com. That's ComedyMattersTV.com. ton of interesting stuff uh, on there. Now, uh, Tony Sirico, he had this reputation, I think deservedly so, of being a, a tough guy, a little bit of a ruffian. But in your experiences, with him it sounds like he was pretty nice you know what he was always kind to me and we had some funny experiences one of which turned out on page six we were about to take a a picture together for the newspaper and i put my arm around he goes no no real men don't do that he made a fist and he put his fist under my arm and he goes that's how real men take a picture (laughs) and that wound up on page six that tony sirico says real men don't hold each other like that you know, you were also uh, speaking of uh, Noel Ashman again. It was um, I saw that you were in page six for attending his birthday party as well. He invited me uh, to this. It was at the Hustler Club. I wasn't able to make it, but I must say I've never been to a Hustler Club, let alone for a birthday party. There was a, a who's who of folks there. Bo Deedle was there. Ice, uh, either ice tea ice or tea ice and cube. cocoa. Yeah, ice tea uh, and cocoa. I, I, can, yeah. I still can't. I can't keep my ices straight. How was the, how was uh, uh, the birthday party? I mean, you have a birthday party at the Hustler Club. It's got to be pretty unique. All his parties are the same. They're crowded with people. He he gets a tremendous crowd to show up. Always Noel, and it's always in another club. I wish he would open a, a new club. He actually told me that he's looking for a space. Because he wants to do a comedy night there. And, of course, I would be doing the comedy night. So I'm hoping he gets another thing because he runs great clubs in New York. And uh, the party was wild. I mean, I brought a date, so I wasn't looking at whatever right, else you was going on. You weren't the strippers or no, anything? No, no, not at all. No, I was just hanging out in the VIP area upstairs. You had to wear a, like a, 
a bracelet in order to get upstairs. Most of the people were downstairs, but then there was this little area upstairs where Ice-T was there. And a lot of the old-time New Yorkers, Tommy Puccio, uh, I don't know if you know Tommy Pooch, came up from Miami. I, I know who he is, yeah. yeah. He moved up. An, uh, an old dear friend for a long time that just opened a, a restaurant on 57th Street. He took over a very famous restaurant, and I'm blanking on the name, on 57th around Park Avenue. You know, I'm not and, sure. So he was there at Matt to Matt and people that were from the nightlife scene from years back, you know, and it was great. It was it was great. All Noel's parties are good. See, I don't love those hyper crowded parties. I, I prefer, you know, to be able to walk around, be able to have a conversation with somebody, not immediately be shoulder to shoulder to someone. Mm-hmm. Not that I get claustrophobic, but I don't know. I, I would rather I prefer a little more space. No, than... I get it, especially these days with COVID. Right. I mean, it's weird to be in a crowd. Uh, last year, I went to his party and I didn't stay too long. It was so crowded. I don't remember what club it was in. But it was like 2,000 people were there, and it was shoulder to shoulder, wow. and it was really closer to COVID times. Now people are not as worried as they were, but, you know, I had it really bad. I was I in know, the hospital, yeah. so I'm still very reluctant about going, you know, face-to-face with sure. people. Jeffrey Gurian is here, comedy writer, stand-up comic, host, author, producer, director, dentist. Check out ComedyMattersTV.com. We'll talk happiness in just a bit and uh, a book that uh, that Jeffrey has written which uh, might help you find the happiness when it becomes a difficult thing to do. If you have questions about happiness, comedy, or anything at all, you're welcome to give us a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Jeffrey Gurian in studio here on the other side of Midnight's Trade ahead the other side of midnight with frank morano ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy. Jeffrey Gurian is here. He is an expert in being happy, uh, as close to an expert in happiness as I've ever met. He's uh, the author of the book, Happiness, Healing Your Heart by Changing Your Mind, a spiritual and humorous approach to achieving happiness. You know, Jeffrey, everyone wants to be happy as opposed to being sad, but you spend a lot of time about thinking about happiness, more so than most, and specifically happiness strategies. I think everybody listening to us has experienced some level of tragedy in their life, some severe, some just the kind of things that everybody deals with. But there's difficult, there's, people have difficult times in their lives, everybody. Mm-hmm. If you are having a difficult time, uh, whether you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or you're dealing with being lonely or you're dealing with depression, anxiety, whatever the case may be, what are some strategies that you would recommend to people in order to find the happiness, find the silver lining through the clouds? Well, let me a- let me answer that by explaining the title first. It's all about thought, Frank. Um the title says Healing Your Heart by Changing Your Mind. It's not about heart disease. It's about the fact that from the time we're children, we accumulate pains. We accumulate, Every time someone hurts your feelings, lies to you, if you were ever bullied as a child, breaks a promise to you, breaks up with you in a relationship, you carry that inside of you. We're all more sensitive than we realize. 
especially men. Men don't like to cop to being sensitive, and it's very important to own your sensitivity and still feel like a man. It doesn't diminish you. It makes you a better human being to acknowledge your sensitivity. I have no choice. I'm an empath. I feel what you feel. I can't help it. And I had to learn how to own that as a strength and not as a weakness because there was a time in my life if I was with you and you were sad, I was sadder for you than you were. Mm. I overfelt my feelings. So I call these things heart wounds, these pains that we accumulate, and they stay with us for our whole life. And you can, you can combat them, but they're still inside of you. And what happens is they change, they affect your self-esteem and your self-confidence, and they affect every decision you make in your life. Every time you're called upon to make a decision, you think about what to do, right? And who, who else's thoughts can you use but your own? And if your thoughts are faulty, if your thoughts are not valid because you're holding negative thoughts about yourself because of these heart wounds, your decisions are not going to work out well. So it's the reason why people see these patterns in their life the same bad job over and over again, the same bad relationship over and over again, and the only thing that recurs is them. All the other circumstances change, but you keep showing up. So it's obviously something that you have to change. Now, everyone gets obstacles put in their path, unfortunate things that we label bad, and sometimes they turn out to be something good years later. So it's about thought. So let's, uh, as an example... You're trying to get something in your life that you think you deserve, whether it's a job or a relationship or whatever, and you can't seem to get there. You can either look at it as you're the ultimate victim of the universe and nothing works out for you. It works out for other people but not for you. Or you can look at it and say, you know what, I'm not supposed to have that. I'm supposed to have something better than that. And if I got what I thought I wanted, I wouldn't be available for the really good thing that's Mm. coming to me. So, But it's about patience, and as human beings, we don't have patience. We want everything right away. Sometimes you have to wait for things. So in my own life, I had to learn that I could control my thought because I stuttered very badly. I talk about that a lot. Sure. I stuttered through my 20s and beyond, even into my 30s. I would block on certain words. And as you can see, I no longer stutter, and I consider it grace. I figured out one day I didn't stutter when I was alone. And you can't have a disability based on your location, right? A man with a limp limps in every room of his house. Mm -hmm. He can't go into a room alone and walk perfectly. But if I could speak fine when I'm alone, theoretically, it means there's nothing wrong with me. I made it up. I created it in my head because of negative thoughts that I had about myself. So I worked on myself for years, and I took my mind apart, and I learned that you can control your thoughts. You can release negative thoughts that don't apply to you. Somehow, somewhere along the way, I thought I would never achieve anything. I thought I would never graduate from school, that I would never have a profession, that I would never be married. I even thought I wouldn't even have my own apartment. And I don't know why I had such negative thoughts, but I achieved all of those things. You know, uh, The book is Healing Your Heart by Changing Your Mind, A Spiritual and Humorous Approach to Achieving Happiness. It's available on Amazon and um, a lot of other places where books are, are sold. But, Jeffrey, I think a lot of people may listen to that and understand intellectually exactly what you're saying, the importance of changing yourself to not think negatively or to attract negativity, the uh, the challenge of not meeting negativity with more negativity. But how do you do that in practice? I I know we want to encourage folks to buy the book, and there are some great strategies in the book. How do you do that in, in, in practice, understanding that you need to change yourself to be more positive, how do you do that? How do you make one that change? One of the ways, well, I'll, I'll, excuse me, I'll give you an example. Yeah, I'm stuttering. I haven't stuttered in years. <laughs> one of the ways is a gratitude list, okay? Now, I'm going to give you two examples because I got two things that happened very recently as a result of this book, and it just shows how you never know what you say that it's going to affect another person's life. I got an email from a doctor in Georgia, a medical doctor, who said that as a result of reading this book, it helped her survive serious heart surgery. And as a result of it, she was involved with a women's health network, and she invited me to be a speaker on that network. And she really credited my book for helping her get through the the negativity of having heart surgery. The second example was I I recently got an email from a woman who heard me on this show. Hmm. Her, Her mother heard me on this show. And I don't think she'd mind if I mention her name, Dr. Shirley Chang. 
and I was so impressed with what she wrote. She said that my book touched her and that my words touched her. And when I looked at, oh, and she said that she wanted to send me two books of her own. And I looked her up, and it turns out that she's blind and she's in a wheelchair from the time that she's a child. She's completely disabled, and she writes inspirational books with the help of software, certain software. And she sent me these two books, and I was so moved by it that I wrote back to her. I couldn't thank her enough that my words meant something to her, and then she writes books that help other people. That's terrific. And she's blind, and she writes... uh, One book is called Wisdom, Insight, and Motivation from the Blind Who Sees Far and Wide. And inside she wrote, Dear Jeffrey, never fear of dreaming big. That's great. Shirley Chang. And that's as a result of being on your show. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad we could play uh, uh, some role in getting uh, getting the happiness message or Gurianism out to everybody. So as I was saying, uh, a gratitude list is very important. When you're really low, all right, and that happens to everybody, I would be, a, a, you know, a maniac if I said, well, I'm happy every day. I go through, I'm a sensitive being. Certain days are not as good as other days. But the, int- the interesting thing is we're not mind readers. Every single person in your life that you know, except for your family, there was a day before you met them, mm-hmm. and you had no idea you were going to meet them. And then the next day you meet that person and your whole life changes because of it. And there's a magic to that. So I make gratitude lists. You know what? I'm very grateful for the fact that I survived a heart attack. I survived COVID double pneumonia. I was in the hospital both times. And a lot of it was because I maintained a positive attitude. Mm. I was joking with the surgeon when I had the heart attack. It was a widow maker heart attack. It was very serious. And on the operating table, I felt him unplugging my heart. I was, I was awake. And I said to the guy, I feel you in my heart, not in a romantic way, but I feel you in my heart. And the whole surgical crew started to laugh. And he goes, I'll give you more anesthetic. Um, I can't help look for the comedy sure. in a situation. So my gratitude list is I survived these things. I'm healthy. I have friends. I have people who I can call if I need to. I have a house. I have food. My limbs work. You know, a lot of the things that we take for granted. I may not have everything that I want, but I have everything that I need. You know, and those are important concepts to hold on to. We tend to lose sight of it because, especially social media, everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else. You know, people only post wonderful things. Sure. So it feels like everybody's doing something great except for you. You know, and it's very easy to feel that way. That's one of the bad things about social media. And so I always try and work. My goal is to put out positive energy to the universe in whatever I do. That's why I said I feel weird about men of violence. You know, there will be a lot of people will like that. But my preference is to put out positive energy. So I teach people how to create a happiness center, their own personal happiness center. As soon as you leave your house, you have no control over what the universe puts in front of you. Whether you go left or right, your whole life will be different. If you go left, you may fall and skin your knee. And if you go right, you may find something very valuable. But you can't overthink it or you'd be catatonic. Whichever way you go is the way you're supposed to go, right? And so in your home, you have to surround yourself with things that make you happy. So white makes me happy. Light, bright colors. My carpeting is white. My piano is white. Most of my furniture is white. And I I surround myself with pictures of people that I love. I have balloons, always balloons in my house. When people come in, they're like, is it a party? I'm like, always. (laughs) You know, because balloons are a symbol of happiness. You never see balloons at a funeral. So I do this for me. I live alone. I don't do it for other people. When people come over, they see these things, you know. I have toys. I have crayons. I color. I stay connected to my inner child. Every single one of us has an inner child, and too often they're ignored. When you were a little boy and your friends would come to you and say, hey, can Frank come out to play? And that was so exciting. That's not supposed to stop just because mm-hmm. you grow up. You know, you may not have the same friends, but you want to have that feeling that you're going to do something exciting. Yeah, it's great advice. Uh, Jeffrey Gurian, you can uh, see some of his work at ComedyMattersTV.com. 
you are, I think, the dean of New York's comedy scene. I don't know anybody that's been performing, producing, and chronicling the world of comedy in New York longer than you have. You mentioned the uh, Just for Laughs uh, Comedy Festival, 40th anniversary, and you've been there for 30 years. At least 30 years. I I have 30-year proof, but I I think it was even before that. What is it exactly? It's Comedy Camp. It's the biggest comedy festival in the world. So all comedians come, all the well-known comedians, but the new comedians too. Variety chooses the 10 top comics to watch. So this year I'll be interviewing Amy Schumer, who's getting the Comedy Person of the Year Award, Hassan Minaj, uh, who I was just with recently at Radio City. He sold it out. His new show, The King's Jester. He's getting a Stand-Up Comedian of the Year uh, Taylor Thompson, uh, Tomlinson is winning an award, and Jared Carmichael is getting the award for the Comedy Special of the Year. What's interesting, I watched both of these specials yesterday. Comedy has become almost like a therapy session. Taylor Tomlinson... For the performer. Taylor, yes. Taylor Tomlinson came out during her special to admit that she's um, uh, bipolar and talking about mental health. And it was a very brave thing to do. And Jared Carmichael, his special is called Rothaniel, and he came out as being gay during his special. And those are very hard things Absolutely. to talk about. Very personal. Very, very personal and more, more intense than almost funny, you know, because it's a comedy special. But the people who do that, it's very interesting to me that they're brave enough to expose themselves and the audience seems to need to hear that. It's almost like a 12-step program. I do a lot of work with people in 12-step programs where you don't know anybody's name, but you talk about the most personal things in your life. And for some reason, if you tell that to strangers, it helps you get better. Well, I do that uh, on the radio on a, on a daily basis. You know, I, I share the kind of things with uh, people that I've never met and will never meet that I would probably never tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and the hope's not only that they will get something out of the story, but I find it to be therapeutic for that very same reason. Very much so. And it's amazing how that works. Absolutely. You know why? There's only so many things a human being can experience. The names change, but but if we're willing to have the courage to share personal things about ourselves, other people can identify. In the world of comedy, I uh, read recently that you are trying to bring comedy to Southampton. Now, this is a time of year where a, a lot of people in really all over the country, but especially in the Northeast, end up going east for the summer. They go out to the Hamptons, to Quag, to Bridgehampton, to East Hampton, to East Quag, and to Southampton. Why are you specifically targeting Southampton as a place that needs a comedy venue? Because I was walking out there. I was invited to an event a few weeks ago, and I was walking on the street, and I had the most unusual experience. I literally felt the stress leave my body. I'm not just saying it. I I didn't know. I didn't have to look over my shoulder once. There was no gangs. I wasn't afraid that anyone was going to mug me. <laughs> there was a feeling of peace, and I actually felt it. And I said, I ran into a lot of people that I knew, I went to have lunch at 75 Main, the most popular place in Southampton, you know, Zach Erdem's place. And it it was just a wonderful feeling. And I said, you know what? The Hamptons need comedy. Like Amy Schumer was there this week, I think, at a place called The Clubhouse. But there's no comedy club that's Mm. there all the time. You know, people may come out and perform occasionally, but people need to laugh, Frank. After those last three years that we've been through, people are so stressed. Laughter is a healing thing. It's really true that laughter is the best medicine. And I just felt, I don't know, I have this intuitive thing that I need to be in Southampton. So I was meeting with a few people looking for a venue. One of the hotels already said that they're interested. But there's another place. I can't say it yet because there's there's no deal. But I think it's going to happen. The the thing about the Hamptons, and I've spent a little bit of time out there. I know a lot of people that... uh, Go out there not just for the summer, but the whole the whole year. And a lot of folks are very generous to invite me over there. I, there's two things that strike me negatively about the Hamptons, and I enjoy going out there. Don't get me wrong, and it's beautiful out there. There's some great restaurants, but one is the traffic. I, I oh, feel yeah. like whenever time you're going out there, it, you can't beat the traffic. I, I feel like uh, the traffic will 
always get you. And it's very frustrating to sit in that amount of traffic for that many hours. Yeah, it can, it can take away all the pleasure of the weekend, especially when you're coming home in that traffic. But that's mostly if you're going all the way out to Montauk. The further out you go, it seems the more traffic you hit on 27. But Southampton, I didn't really have much of a problem. Great. I, I, I hit more traffic on my way out there than when I actually get out to, like, exit 70, you know, on the LIE. Um, it's more it's more around here that I hit traffic. The other thing... What's the other thing I, that I, bothers I, you? I feel there's a little bit of pretentiousness. But that, I was going to say that word, pretentiousness. Out, out, there, That's the out word. there in the hand. Yes, I, of course. I, I don't feel like a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the bars that you go into have this egalitarian atmosphere. Hey, come on in. We're all one of the guys. Not at I all. I feel like everyone's very aware of their status. Status, exactly. They're very into who gets in where, who's you know getting a $22 martini, and who do, who's not good enough to get one of these two $22 martinis. And I, I find that a little annoying, you know, just because, you know, I might be a regular guy, not a, not, not a multimillionaire or, a, you know, a hedge fund magnate or something. No, I mean I don't. I'd like to be treated like a human being too, and I feel like that's a, that's a, an attitude that is that is more common in the Hamptons than it is in other places. It comes with the territory, you know. <laughs> John Katsimatidis, there was a story in the newspaper that he bought a table at seventy five Main in advance so that his table would always be ready for him when he came I, in. I, he, actually, he t- he mentioned that, to right? Me. And, yeah. I think, and I'm sure he, that he can afford it, right? So it's okay. And what he did with this station is a wonderful oh, thing. I please. love WABC and whatever he did. It's a, it's it's one hit after the next. Every show is a killer show. I, 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 you don't have to, I, I, other than um, you know, thanking God for my wife and my son and my good health. I thank God for John Katzmatidis every day. He's one of the handful of people that I've met in my life that actually has changed the course of my life. I'm eternally grateful mm-hmm. to him, and uh, I've thanked him profusely r- r- many, many times. And uh, and uh, absolutely, I, I completely echo your, your sentiments. All right. And I got to tell him that at the PAL luncheon a couple of months oh, ago. Wonderful. It was recently. Good, yeah, good, yeah, good, good, good. And that's another thing. That's something that he doesn't need to do. He and Margot, they spend all this time and effort putting together these PAL luncheons that are uh, that are just the bee's knees. People love it. All right. We're going to continue with Jeffrey Gurian in just a moment. He's a comedy writer, stand-up comic, host, author, producer, and dentist. You can check out his website, ComedyMattersTV.com. If you search Jeffrey Gurian on YouTube, uh, there's a ton of interesting stuff on there from Comedy Matters, as well as some other interesting things that Jeffrey's been involved in throughout the course of the last few decades. This is The Other Side of Midnight, 800 800-84- 9222 if you want to comment 1-800-848-9222 straight ahead the other side of midnight it's the other side of midnight with frank morano i love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head The Beach Boys singing about good vibrations. Uh, When Jeffrey Gurian is in studio, there's good vibrations along the whole floor. He's a comedy writer, a stand-up comic, a host, an author, a producer, a director, and uh, you can... Check out some of his work at ComedyMattersTV.com. As uh, we mentioned a little earlier, these days he's writing two films in uh, collaboration with our friend Noel Ashman, who's been a guest on this show as well. Can we get a part for a radio voice in one of Absolute. these Absolutely. We've got to fit you in somewhere. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be Men of Violence, but certainly in Baby and Max. What I am looking for is something that will be... Minimal work, minimal time, but that still gets me a credit and an invite to the premiere party. Absolutely. That's what I'm looking for. That's a given. Um, All right. uh, Hey, by the way, we were talking about comedy and your search for a venue in Southampton. You have an upcoming comedy show coming up in Scarsdale, right? Yeah, and it's very interesting to have a a new comedy club. You know, it's it's very hard to open a comedy club. And this friend of mine, Joe Matarese, opened up a comedy club in Scarsdale on Garth Road. And I'm in the very... 
the second show that's going to happen. Like, it's opening on July 28th with some other comics. And on August 4th, which I think is a Thursday, I'm opening for Ophira Eisenberg, who's a pretty well-known comic. And it's going to be amazing. Right. So how can people um, get tickets? How can people go? Uh, on the Well, the name of the club is called B-Side. The letter B, S-I-D-E. B-Side Comedy in Scarsdale. And for all our Westchester friends, it would be great if they come. It's a club that holds about 60 people. It's an intimate club. So if you call early, you can still get tickets. Great. You can't just show up. I think you need tickets in, in advance. But I'm very excited about it. My kids are going to come. Uh, they live in Westchester, oh, and really? I have a lot of friends in Westchester. Yeah, I'm allowing my kids. I'm loosening up. You know, I okay. always felt awkward. I'm like, do kids want their father to be a comedian? You know, I don't know. You know, I just want them. I always want my children to respect. Your children me. are all adults, though, right? My right? children are adults, but I but I still think of my kids like sure. Carmine, right? Right. You right, know, right. Like, like you know, unable to formulate speech. Yeah, like yes. they're little babies. Like I want to pick them up, <laughs> yeah, and they're women enough. already. And I can't pick them up anymore, but that's how I think of them in my mind. I think that happens with everybody. You think of your kids as little, you know. I want to protect them. I don't want them to hear me cursing or anything. Understood. Understood. Now, hey, you mentioned Woody Allen a little earlier. He um, did this uh, this interview with Alec Baldwin recently. He's got uh, a, a, a new film out called uh, Rifkin's Festival, I believe it is. It's on streaming. He had another one uh, called uh, A Rainy Day in New York a year or two ago. There's this whole new group of folks, and we didn't hear much about this for a while, but there's this whole new group of folks that won't watch Woody Allen films or patronize anything that Woody Allen has to do with because of the allegations involving uh, he and his family and things like that. You've known Woody Allen a little bit uh, over the years, worked with him a bit. Um, what do you think of of that, of people choosing not to patronize someone's comedy or their work, even if they may like it because of their their personal behavior, their personal scandal? Well, it's tied in with cancel culture. Right. You know, it's basically the same thing. I look at Woody from a, only a comedy perspective. I I don't know. I I know the allegations. I know the story. When I met Woody Allen, I was a kid, and I was writing comedy, and he sat with me for two nights, and he read my material. I contrived a way to meet him. He was my idol comedy-wise. This is a long time ago. And... It was unbelievable for me to meet him. And years later, when I got friendly with Jack Rollins, who was his manager for many years, he said it was very unusual for Woody to do something like that, to invite me to come back to the theater to sit with him so he could read my material. And he said to me, you know, my dream was that he would say, Jeffrey, you're amazing. Let's make movies together. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. But what he did say was that your comedy is very visual and you should think of making a film out of it, which I did some years later. I did some short films for the Toyota Comedy Festival, very strange films called The Men Who Series, which is on my YouTube channel, about men who do very unusual things, like men who take a pitchfork to the movies, men who enjoy, <laughs> men who enjoy Latin dancing with tools. I'm sure you've seen a lot of <laughs> I, Latin absolutely. dancing with tools in your yeah. day. But I had, the guy who did, I had a guy who did the tango with a wrench that was unbelievable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage was in those films. One of the greatest stars in the world was From, in uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Game now. of Thrones was in a film I did called "Men Who Dance Where They're Not Supposed To," <laughs> and it was you know, my artist made up a parking sign, an exact replica of a New York parking sign, but instead of saying "No parking on Tuesday and Thursday," it said "No Dancing Tuesday and Thursday," <laughs> and we put it up on Broadway and Twenty Fifth Street and accidentally left it up when we left. We didn't. We forgot to take it down, and it wound up in the newspapers because drivers were going crazy, pulling up to the sign and saying, what is this, no dancing? <laughs> you know, in New York, you can't park anywhere. You have to be careful right. that you don't get a ticket, right? And here's this no dancing sign. <laughs> and I, I was so nervous. I thought I was going to get in trouble, but I didn't. You know, you, That reminds me, actually, the uh, stories of the dancing with the power tools and things of that nature of uh, your other book, Man Robs Bank with His Chin and Other Unusual Stories Missed by the Mainstream Media. Now, I know that you were a writer for the Weekly World News, which mm -hmm. is the world's foremost news publication. They still, I believe, publish online. But why do certain stories that seem pretty interesting end up getting missed by the mainstream media? And how do you find them? I stay up all night, Frank. You, I, I search the world for the most unusual stories. And um, like tap dancing for the criminally insane, 
You know, the best way to explain it is to do it as a story. So if you'll indulge me, please. Paris, France. Doctors at a home for the criminally insane in France have accidentally stumbled on a technique they say will calm down even the most violent of criminals. Mayor Adams, are you listening? Tap dancing. Dr. Abraham View noticed that while inmates were watching an old Shirley Temple movie starring Bill Bojangles Robinson, every time Robinson danced, even the most violent of inmates suddenly became very calm. <laughs> View decided to choose murderer cannibal Roland Bife as a test subject. Standing 6'5 and weighing over 300 pounds, Bife had killed and cannibalized his own parents over a pack of chewing gum. Reluctant at first to dance at all, Bife finally gave in, and within weeks, the good doctor had Bife dancing up a storm. He surprisingly laid on his feet for such a big man, said the doctor. In explaining why this works, the doctor explained that something about the rhythmic tapping of the feet making contact with the floor creates a vibration through their bodies to just the right part of the brain and calms them down. Bife, now seeing the error of his ways, says... If only I hadn't eaten my parents, <laughs> I could have been the next Miss Yorbo Jangles. So it's those kind of stories that get missed by mainstream yeah, media. Yeah, no, I can't. That's and, the kind of story that should be highlighted everywhere. Of course. Man, you know, man uh, arrested for, for opening his own bank. Now, this is, this is an unusual story, if I could find. Yeah. Uh, Farmingville, Wyoming. Ed Hearn was taken into custody this week for allegedly trying to convince his neighbors to give him all their money because he was opening a new bank. Neighbors became suspicious about Ed's bank, which is what he proposed to call it, when he promised to pay interest but wouldn't say how much. <laughs> Al Biggs, a local entrepreneur, said that Hearn had taken several shoeboxes, taped them together, and tried to pass them off as safety deposit boxes and that's when he decided to call the authorities to find out whether Ed's bank was really on the level or not. Federal undercover agents swooped in, opened an account, and actually rented one of Ed's shoeboxes before leading him away in handcuffs. More on that on our later broadcast. See, that's the kind of thing that uh, it has economic implications, it has regulatory implications, maybe even uh, political uh, implications. That's, that's the kind of stories we should be seeing more of in the news. The last story, elderly man tours Europe on pogo stick. <laughs> now, this guy is 87 years old, Armin Karujian. He always wears a tuxedo, right? And he's managed to, to, to hop his way through Western Europe on a pogo stick carrying nothing more than a knapsack on his back. And he feels that athletes don't dress well during their performance of their sport. He said the least they could do is wear a sport jacket. That's why they call it a sport jacket, <laughs> because it should be worn during sports. Most athletes come out very poorly dressed in shorts and sneakers. <laughs> this man hopped on a pogo stick all across Europe wearing a tuxedo. Now, that's These are the impressive. Kind of, that, that is that impressive. Is impressive right? Absolutely impressive. So when I see a story like that, I jot it down and I say, this needs to be in this book. So it's a whole book of stories called Man Robs Bank with His Chin and Other Unusual Stories Missed by Mainstream Media. And it features quotes from Richard Lewis from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Nick Kroll, and Colin Jost from Saturday oh, Night Live. Sure. Uh, fellow Staten Islander. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, a, a partner, I believe, in the Staten Island Ferry Staten Island Hawks Ferry. with, yeah, uh, with our own owner, John Katsimatidis. And also, and uh, Pete yeah, Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson and uh, Paul Italia that owns the stand. I was just down there the other night trying to find him. I wanted to find out what's going on with that ferry. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to make it into a big comedy club. That's going to be pretty exciting. You think that's going to do well? And do they have a place to uh, that where they're going to keep it? I know that was sort of up in the air for a little while. They keep moving it around. I don't know if it's in a stable place, but these are guys that can make this happen. Hmm. Paul Italia is a is like a force to be reckoned with, and they all have connections. That's pretty cool, yeah. and I'm sure that it's going to happen. And I want to be. I want to perform on that boat. Since the last, I'll come see you on yeah. that boat. That's for sure. Since the last time you were here, we are now airing not only in the New York area, but on the Nevada Talk Radio Network and on some great stations in Nevada. Uh, Nevada obviously has some great performance venues. Uh, Las Vegas is probably the best known, but also uh, Lake Tahoe and Reno, which are known for performances. Have you ever done any performing out there in Nevada? Not in the, No, you know, I don't tour. I really don't tour. I stay mostly in New York. I performed in L.A. I performed in Georgia. That was a trip. I did. Uh, I was doing the improv in Georgia, 
And then I called uh, my friend Shante Wayans from the Wayans family. Oh, sure. Which I, way, is he a Wayans brother? No, Shante is a girl. She's a, a niece. She's oh, a niece. She's a Wayans The niece. daughter of one of the sons. Okay. It's a, it's a very big family. And she got me a spot at a place called the Uptown Comedy Corner. And she said to me, I don't know if you're going to want to go. Because even black comics are nervous to go there on a Sunday night. It's a black. <laughs> I was the only white guy in the club, and it was amazing, and I loved it. And I walked in. The whole club turned around to look at me, and they said they thought I must have been a Hollywood agent looking for talent because no white guys ever come in Love there. It. But it was That's fantastic. Great. That's great. Hey, it went great. It's going to feel like it's over 100 degrees today. It's going to be pretty warm. Uh, in places like Nevada, I can't imagine how warm it is. Any Jeffrey Gurian tips on staying cool? I know you had a harrowing experience walking around Reese Park yesterday in the Rockaways. But if folks are looking for a pro tip on keeping cool during a heat wave, what do you recommend? Well, look how I'm dressed tonight. You never see me this. I'm always in a sport. I wear a sport jacket on the beach. That's how sick I am. But I wore a cutoff thing tonight because it's 100 degrees out. And you know, if you have a heart condition, I didn't even think of that yesterday. Mm. I mean, thank God my heart's been fine. I went to the cardiologist recently to make sure I could drive up to Canada, and he said, oh, you're in great shape, you're fine. But, you know, if you have anything wrong with you, stay out of the heat. That's the best thing. Stay in the, if you have air conditioning, thank God some genius invented air conditioning. Absolutely. Can you, you imagine remember what it was like 100 years ago? When I was a little kid, I was in a car that with no, we used to pray for a wind. Like everyone <laughs> would just drive with the windows open, just hoping that there would be a breeze. You know, I've explored the question of what became of the Catskills and why the Catskills was such a destination, not only for performers, but for, for vacationers. And now it's certainly less so. It's made maybe a little bit of a comeback with the casino that's there now, but it's certainly not the destination that it was 40, 50, 60 years ago. Almost people used to describe it in some respects like folks travel to the Jersey Shore or the Hamptons. Some people have said that it's because of air conditioning. Well, it's amazing you brought that up. I'm going to break some news. I'm working on a TV show about that era. Neat. I just got hired to write on on a TV show about... The Catskills and Grossingers and you all those come hotels. You're going to and we'll, uh, we'll review that soon. I'm breaking that news right here. I love it. <laughs> ComedyMattersTV.com. Jeffrey Gurian, always a treat. Always a treat to be on with you, Frank. Thank uh, you so much for having the me. The pleasure is all mine. To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.